Hello and welcome back to our Let's Talk version. Today we are going to be talking about the book called The Obstacle is the Way. It is an awesome book, uh, spoilers alert, and here we are joined by Dan to discuss this. Hey there, Dan, how are you? I am doing fine, buddy. Just sh I should mention to the audience that the book, uh, basically, the, uh, the Obstacle is the Way, is not written by me or you. It's written by Ryan Holiday. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, so I'm going to give you the gist of the book uh, initially, and then we're going to go from there. So the book is, as you can, I guess, get from the title, talks about the idea of, okay, how obstacle is actually not a bad thing, as most of us are thought to think, uh, taught to think uh, during our lives, but rather quite positive, actually, on the contrary, and how we can use these obstacles to our own benefits. And it goes and divides the book into three uh, major sections. Uh, one talks about perception, perception being our perception of the obstacles, part two being action, our action, what the actions we take according to face uh, the obstacles we face, and part three, the will, which we're going to go obviously into more details in a second. What uh, So to start off, Dan, what did, what did you initially thought about the uh, book as a whole? You see, first of all, uh, what uh, got me interested in this book in the first place was the fact that Ryan Holiday was the mentee of uh, one of my most, uh, you know, solid mentors, uh, Mr. Robert Greene, because oh, uh, Robert Greene was one of my very first mentors, actually, uh, right after Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins. He was my third mentor, mm -hmm. uh, and I was immersed in all of his books. Uh, very amazing author, quite frankly speaking. And we will probably later talk about some of his books as well, ranging from The 48 Laws of Power, Mastery, The Art of Seduction, so many great uh, publications. One of my most heard was actually The Art of War. Pretty amazing, uh, amazing uh, book. So once I realized that Ryan Holiday has been uh, mentored by Robert Greene, I realized that this guy is definitely worth uh, uh, paying attention to because mm -hmm. uh, if Robert Greene accepted him to be his uh, mentee, then th there's apparently a lot of potential in this guy. Mm -hmm. And later, actually, when I uh, picked up uh, his uh, book, uh, I realized that the style of writing is very similar in many ways to Robert Greene in that... Yeah book is filled with narratives. You see, Robert Greene would like to express a lot of his uh, ideas by reciting historical narratives. And mm -hmm. the same thing happened here. Although in the book, uh, The Obstacle is the Way, Ryan Holiday was uh, mainly referring to a lot of, you know, quite contemporary and recent figures rather than uh, Robert Greene, who just goes way back, you know, throughout the history. Right. And quite frankly, I immediately just uh, fell in love with the book because I really like that style of writing because it's... Uh, fiction but at the same time it contains biography and i Very think it's true. like the, uh, the, the double whammy of intellectual books from from my perspective so it was really amazing i love the book immediately and of course the title was uh, quite grabbing the obstacle is the way because let's be honest i mean that the one thing that we all have to deal with in life it's the obstacle so it's a very relevant book and i just uh, wanted to see how uh, Ryan would like to express his ideas, how he himself has gotten himself with the difficulties of life and what the book is all about. So I really enjoyed uh, the book, uh, which predominantly concerns itself with one notion, and that is becoming a philosopher who also takes action. You see, uh, most of us, we assume philosophers to be just some guys who just sit around and think all the time and do nothing. Mm -hmm. However, in this book, it argues that we can actually be philosophers and then use that wisdom to also take action. That allows us to actually make far more progress 
than the average individual because not only we're taking action, but we're also benefiting from all of that, you know, philosophical uh, blessings that come to your life once you understand how to think properly. And I really enjoyed that book. Right. Um, and let's, um, to, to mention, to name one of the most famous stoicists of, uh, history being Marcus Aurelius. He considered himself to be, which is also mentioned quite a few times in this book. Extensively he, in this book. It's covered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he, if, uh, for, for the people who don't know him, is he was one of the uh, former, uh, Roman empires at the height of its power, Rome. And so he was, he would consider himself a philosopher and, uh, I think we can all say it's safe to say that he wasn't sitting around. <laughs> um, anyhow, I'm just gonna like this. This was the first part of this book that I actually highlighted, and um, I'm just gonna read it to you. Um, bad companies are destroyed by crisis. Good companies survive them. Great companies are improved by them. Wow, I love this quote, man. Like right. I literally uh, read this one a couple of times when I first read it. It was great. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty good book. So as I mentioned, the first part. Uh, is about perception. And as we all know that um, whatever we think of our world, whatever we consider to be true or not true, it's all mostly a matter of perception, no matter what we think it is. Um, and I personally have uh, viewed the same situation, the same scenario, the same events in the outside world and perceived it many different ways by just simply thinking differently. So the first, the first section of the book is actually trying to train us uh, think differently. Uh, Dan, can you explain us? Uh, explain to us how differently the book suggests. As it, like you see, uh, the thing is this: uh, when we face with any kind of obstacle in life, our natural tendency is to assume that something's wrong. We are so unlucky, and there's nothing we can do about it. Mm -hmm. And that is why a lot of people just start nagging and complaining about their lives. You see, and uh, I happen to work out in the United States, so there's a lot of countries out there. Uh, and I talk to people from around the world and they say things like, man, you're so lucky. Like uh, if, if I was an American, things would be a lot better. If I, I just want to go to America. My country, there's no chance and opportunity. And I tell them, dude, it's just about the perspective, man. And uh, oftentimes the people who uh, show interest to migrate to the United States, for example, or to Canada, where you're currently right now and whatnot, mm -hmm. these are the people who think that by changing their environment, their life will substantially get better. Now, let's be honest. There are some benefits that come from changing the environment, and it is so true. Of course. But ultimately, that change in the environment is only beneficial if it changes the way you think and perceive the world around Precisely. you. Precisely. Because ultimately, it's all about the perspective. So because of this, when uh, we find ourselves in tough situations, uh, we tend to actually either blame others, blame ourselves, and then feel you know like there's nothing we can do about it, and we give up. Mm -hmm. However, once we understand the simple notion that life is nothing more than a series of problems and mm -hmm. obstacles that we have to overcome one after the other. I mean, there's one of the quotes in this book, it says, as soon as you cross one mountain, there's yet another mountain. So ultimately, right. life is like this, and that uh, we are never, ever going to live in a condition where there are no problems around or no obstacles to be overcome. So because of this, this perspective will then allow us to appreciate the fact that life really is all about dealing with the obstacles, which is the title of the book. Mm -hmm. The obstacle is the way. So the obstacle is not here to hinder us. It is the way. It is life. And once you understand that uh, suffering and challenges and difficulties are part of uh, basically life, which was also discovered uh, discussed in another book, uh, which we both have read, We Are Not Giving a Fuck, we right. understand that this is actually uh, – 
uh, the way we have to live our lives. And this allows us to deal effectively with the challenges that we deal. And you mentioned something very nice about the quote, uh, and it's so true, because uh, it's not just about, uh, you know, like uh, the, the, what you read in the book. Like in reality, it's the same story. Like if you think of the 2008 recession, which mm-hmm. hit America really hard mm-hmm. and also around the world, uh, most people were actually suffering. But there were a lot of companies and individuals who benefited immensely from that depression. And the same thing that happens all around the world. So in every major economic downturn, there are always winners and uh, there are always people who are uh, benefiting from that. So ultimately, that perspective is what allows you to take action because your perspective will then allow you to remain motivated uh, despite uh, the fact that nobody else is motivated. And this literally allows you to compete in an environment where there are no other competitors. And once Mm -hmm. you have that monopoly, of course, it becomes a lot easier to actually get results in life. Very true. Um, and I, I'm going to read a, p- a piece of this book here. And that says, there are a few things to keep in mind when faced with uh, seemingly, uh, uh, sorry, we're, yeah, when faced, faced with obstacles, uh, we must try to be these things, to be objective, to control emotions and keep an even uh, keel, to choose to see the, uh, the good in a situation, to steady our nerves, to ignore what disturbs or limits others, to place things in perspective, to revert to the present moment, to focus on what can be controlled. What can be controlled. I, I like this very last part because so many times people obsess themselves with things that that's completely out of the control. And exactly. Com- yeah, and completely ignore the parts that are actually within the bounds of their control and the things that they can do, um, which is which is amazing. I'm like... You know, so, so for example, when it comes to political debates, some people are super upset that this particular candidate became uh, won the race, and uh, some are very happy or whatever. And for the people who are happy, good for them. But for the people who are not happy, my point is, um, okay, so what is it being upset about this particular candidate will do for you? Will it come? Will it make him go away? And, um, and lots of time, again, talking about perception, lots of the time. The thing that they think happens after this candidate becomes a prime minister, president, I don't know, a, a mayor, whatever, um, it's not actually as impactful as they think. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. And speaking of Marcus Aurelius, I also want to give uh, this quote and I want your feedback on it. Choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed and you haven't been. Wow. Pretty amazing. You see, as you mentioned earlier, perspective is everything. So uh, once you think that others are out there to get you, and once you think that the world is a very difficult and mean place where you cannot truly enjoy anything, of course, that becomes a reality because the belief system will become your reality. And it doesn't, again, we talked about this earlier in some of our podcasts regarding the map is not the territory. So this is the same thing here. Uh, Once you believe that uh, the world is a harsh place and everybody is bad and mean and they want it to, I mean, you literally find yourself isolated. Mm -hmm. And that is not good because taking shelter from uh, the meanness of the world will only make you weaker and further uh, somehow sends you down the road of uh, uh, desperation and negativity. So Because of this, I really believe in the fact that we need to somehow uh, understand that we have full control over our perspective. We cannot determine who's going to win the next election. We can't Mm -hmm. determine, let's be honest, November, there's an election coming up for the Senate and the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people hope that Democrats can actually win the seats, Mm -hmm. me included, but 
Uh, of course, uh, there's not a, you cannot fully control that process. And uh, on the other hand, uh, you can think about your perspective as well as your own lifestyle, which allows you to plan, let's say, as an entrepreneur, let's be honest, I work in international business. So right. politics does have a huge impact. I mean, like this slight changes in the exchange rate around the world, it can cause, as even recapture my business. Uh, mm -hmm. I am affected. There's no doubt that I'm affected by the change in political situations and whatnot and who's in the White House. But still, I can understand that uh, there's there's this sphere of control mm -hmm. and there's a sphere of concern. And mm -hmm. this was also mentioned in the book, The uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by uh, uh, basically Stephen Covey. And uh, ultimately, there are a lot of things that we are concerned with. And let's be honest, they do affect our lives. But for sure. Pull it. Then why in the world should I bother myself with it? Because I cannot do anything about it. Exactly. And that is why I believe that we have to uh, differentiate uh, and create these two spheres, mm -hmm. the sphere of control versus the sphere of concern. So is the fact that the let's say the current uh, the current president of uh, you know, the United States acts in a certain way, does that affect my business? Of course it does. But can I do anything about it? Well, I ask myself, how? How can I uh, exert control over my business? Despite the fact that now we have a lot of problem in international business. Mm -hmm. So in that case. I'm no longer feeling like a victim because once you're like, oh, my goodness, it's over, man. The tariffs are coming. There's a trade war going on, all that stuff. I'm going down. So in that condition, you feel just like a victim. There's nothing you can do about it. Sure. However, just ask yourself, all right, I cannot control the political condition and the geopolitics of the, you know, the region. I cannot control the exact price of the currencies, but I can control this and this and this in my business. I can perhaps put more hours. I can reconsider my investments. I can cut back on more risky investments, let's say startups. Mm -hmm. Recently, a young gentleman came to me and asked to join uh, forces and invest in a, in a startup, an app of some sort and mm -hmm. stuff. That's a great idea, of course. And I discussed that with my one of my uh, friends. And he said, uh, we, sh uh, we should later tell him that it's a great idea, but we cannot currently invest because of the current economic condition. We have to be more conservative. Very so true. these are the things that we can actually control. So that's what we have to focus our attention on. What can I control here? There are a lot of things that I can control. Let's solely focus on those elements. And then this allows us to not feel like a victim and have the right perspective to take action. Very true, very true. Um, and so to com complement the first part of your talk, I'm going to read another part of this book. It says, uh, situations by themselves cannot be go good or bad. This is something, a judgment that we as human bring, uh, beings bring to them with our perception. And a quote from Shakespeare in the book, nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So exactly. nothing is inherently bad or good, but then we give meaning to things by what we think about them again perception and to the second part of what you said that okay i try to you know think objectively think about okay what can uh, what i can do i can't do um i'm gonna read a quote again in the book obviously uh from theodore roosevelt um what such a man needs is not courage but nerve control cool-headedness this he can get only by practice. So basically, you're telling me that you practice cool-headedness, not getting emotional, not getting upset, thinking rationally. Precisely, man. And in the book, uh, one of my most favorite narratives in the book, uh, The Obstacle is the Way, is the one about uh, Rockefeller, if you've read mm. the book. No, oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It was a great story about Rockefeller and how he had to literally 
keep calm while he was losing his shirt because at the time that he was uh, growing his empire, things were really dark in the United States and especially in the oil industry. And despite the fact that everyone was leaving the industry saying, come on, Rockefeller, you're wasting your time. This is not the right time. He just kept at it and eventually became the Rockefeller that we all know. So uh, I really appreciate the fact that uh, in this book, it so much emphasizes on having that cool-headed mindset where mm. kind of like a, like a Zen uh, philosopher where you are just able to withstand as the world around you crumbles and mm -hmm. everybody is getting, giving in to pessimism and negativity. I mean, like literally this happens to me all the time. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, I, I meet a lot of my friends these days and I talk to them basically in different meetings. And the majority of these people are like, man, in a couple of years, in a couple of months, there'll be no food, man. Like people are <laughs> going to be starving and we are all going to go to hell. And like, I hear this all the time, like there is no future. And we're, and when I hear these things, of course, I love these people because they are my friends. I love them. I, I appreciate spending time with them. I don't take part, of course, in their negativity. That is, I do not join for saying, oh, yeah, man, you're right. We're all going to die. Life is tough. So I just listen and mm -hmm. I say, yes, yes, interesting. But, of course, I never agree with them because ultimately the people who tend to uh, be uh, involved with negativity – People who tend to exaggerate these things, oftentimes they want to temporarily feel better because let's be honest, if you uh, accept that uh, you are going to get fucked in the ass, then you have to somehow forget <laughs> about it. Like, it's like, True dude, story. man, I, I give up. So it justifies giving up basically. On the other hand, if you somehow believe that, no, there's always a way, there's always some hope out there that I can do something about it, then of course you have to take more action. And let's be honest, being a victim and agreeing that, oh, yeah, dude, I'm fucked. There's nothing I can do about it. This actually is easier when you compare this to being a Rockefeller, where you have to endure so much negativity. We have to tolerate so much risk and uh, eventually conquer basically the oil industry and whatnot. So it all comes down to that, pra uh, to that uh, mindset and to practicing the mindset that no matter what happens, I'm always in control. There's always something I can do about it. And you never accept it. I'm sorry. Let's be honest. I mean, you can either in any tough situation, you can either literally accept that you're fucked or mm -hmm. you can actually say things are what they are. I accept it again. Uh, acceptance is a huge part of this book as well. Very I accept true. the situation as it is. And then I will try to find a solution. In that mm -hmm. case, you do not accept failure. You do not accept going down on hell. And you literally start thinking about the things you can do yeah very true it's it's a one thing to um you know accept what is happening around you that is out of your control it's completely another thing to accept going down and falling so that's obviously a different story which we're gonna talk about of course more i'm gonna um so there's a type of person that i'm gonna read a portion of this book that i think we all can point out to somebody in our surroundings and say oh that guy yeah or that gal so the book says some of us uh, almost uh, craves uh, sounding the alarm because it's easier than dealing with whatever is starting uh, staring us in the face. So we basically want to cave. We basically want to run because sometimes it's just easier than actually facing the problem. And and well, this this first part that you were saying, oh, the, the doom and gloom kind of person always sounds the alarm to basically not facing the situation, actually working harder, perhaps for, for eventual survival. That is very true. Um, and there's also another part uh, that I, I really like. It says that the perceiving eye is weak 
um, the observing eye is strong. What do you think the difference uh, the book is mentioning to between a perceiving eye and a observing eye? It all comes down to how reactive you are. I mean, let's be honest. When tough things happen, our natural tendency is to follow what others are doing and to, of course, mm -hmm. react emotionally. Mm -hmm. Another great thing that uh, uh, Ryan Holiday mentions here, again, this is these are all based upon the teachings that he has uh, learned uh, from Robert Greene. And uh, also, you know, Robert Greene says the same thing. He says, like, uh, those who react emotionally to situations are not fit for power. So ultimately, in tough situations, there are two things you can tell yourself. You can either look at things and admit failure. Dude, I'm fucked. It's over. Or you can actually simply ob uh, observe the situation and say, all right, what is happening? Interesting. So we have now a trade war going on with China. Interesting. Now the, the currencies are changing. Inflation is going up. Oh, this is this and that is happening. So the observing eye is what we call the logic. You're using your logical brain to assess what is genuinely happening in the environment. Mm -hmm. And understand, that's great. You do not want to be blinded to reality. You don't want to say like, okay, imagine like there's a problem here. Mm -hmm. And let's say your garden, that's a statement from Tony Robbins. He says, when there's weeds in your garden, don't look at a weed and say, oh, that's great. That's just beautiful. No, the weeds will take your garden. Be realistic. Mm -hmm. There's a weed here. I got to remove the weeds or otherwise they will take the garden. The same thing happens with life. So in this case, you can look at things logically. You see, when you say, dude, I'm fucked, what are you really saying? First of all, you're using your emotional brain to process things, not your logical brain. Mm -hmm. And you're simply saying, dude, things are tough and I will have a bad time. That's what's, what's happening. But instead of saying it all, you just say, like, dude, I'm fucked. It's over. So because of this, when you want to actually uh, achieve good things in life, you want to look at all the situations with full awareness, but using your logical brain and you assess the situation. And then once you have all the information, logically, not emotionally, logically, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can then design a strategic plan, which is why I'm such a huge fan of strategic thinking that, mm -hmm. that allows you to actually uh, assess the situation, understand the objective. So you say, all right, this and this and this and this is happening right now. This and this and this are my objectives and goals. This and this and this are my resources, abilities, and contacts. So now let's find a solution. In this condition, it becomes a lot easier. Sometimes the best solution is just to wait out, wait it out. Like, let's just wait out for two more years, man. Let's see what happens. Sometimes right. it's just design a new source of income for your business or change industries. There are so many solutions so long as you have all the facts, you're not reacting emotionally, and you're committed to your, uh, to your goals. That's what I think about this matter. you got to look at things logically mm -hmm. and realistically and then design some plans for it. Very true, very true. So with that, I well, we're going to come to a close on the perception part. We get the idea. Perception is super important. We okay. We'll we'll go. We'll fix our perception. Given that, the next uh, the next section of this book talks about uh, action. So now your perception is right, but then perception alone is, uh, alone is not going to help you um, overcome the obstacles. The the thing that does help you is with the right perception. Now going into action and. There is a part of this book that reminds me of a quote of the past. I'm going to read the book's part first. It matters what you do with what uh, happens and what you've been given. And um, I don't know who this quote is um, 
from, but uh, I, I always um, appreciated it. And the quote says, the freedom is uh, is what you do with what been, what's been done to you. So it doesn't matter what other people do to you in terms of what freedom is. It, it matters what you respond. And, um, and of course, things will happen that are out of your control. And of course, things will happen that probably are not really interesting to to us but what matters is how we respond to those things and um, i'm gonna give you the lead after i read this quote from theodore roosevelt about action and uh, he says we must all either wear out or rust out every wow. one of us my choice is to wear out now what do you think of the, the action part of this book so obviously, uh, as I've already mentioned so many times throughout this podcast and everywhere else on social media, action is everything. Sorry, guys. Whatever content you have in your head right now, it means fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. What you do ultimately gets the results. Now, people believe in certain things like uh, the law of attraction and the fact that you think about it and you attract certain things. Well, those things are partially true. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that ultimately – Nothing changes by just thinking about it. You want to take action. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm personally an action-oriented person, and I believe that those who want to get things done, they have to actually focus more, like 80% of the time on actually take, taking action and not just thinking, but actually doing things. And more importantly, uh, action is uh, the antidote to many things. Because when you're taking action, you have no free space in your head for worry, for doubt, and you are full on. I mean, it, it's kind of like uh, when you go for parachute jumping. You see, I don't know if you've ever done parachute jumping, uh, Pujix, but it's I've a not. very great and exciting experience. So here's what happens. When you go for parachute jumping mm-hmm. for the first time, mm-hmm. you are treated a little bit different than the others. I mean, for the others, it's normal. They just get their gears on and then one, two, three, they just jump because mm-hmm. they've done it before, right? They don't have any fear. Mm-hmm. But for the newcomers, it's a little bit different. They actually uh, push you, not, they say like, on three, one, two, and then they push you on two, not on three. You know, you know why? Because when they say three, most people just right. hang on and they, they don't jump, right? right? So because of this, ultimately, we have to understand that you need to actually treat everything you do like that, you know, parachute jump. You just got to jump, man. There's no other way around it. You can actually spend many days, weeks, months, or even years contemplating and thinking like a fucking douchebag. Or you can actually take action right now. Because once you take action, you get momentum. Your mind is now focused on moving forward and you have no time for doubt. Brian Tracy wants to give a great example. Uh, He was a uh, fantastic karate instructor as well as karate champion. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, when when I'm doing karate, my grandmaster taught me a great lesson. He said, when you're uh, in in that environment, if you are always moving a little bit forward. There's like, think of like a few centimeters, like literally, like mm-hmm, less than an mm-hmm, inch. Just mm-hmm. a little bit, you move forward all the time towards the opponent. You have a very high chance of winning the match. Why? Because if you slightly move forward, so like, like literally jump from the guy, so you're going to get kicked, right? You're going to kick him in the ass and it's really problematic. True. So on the other hand, if you literally inch by inch, move a little bit, like one inch towards your opponent, mm-hmm. very slowly, then in that case, the opponent cannot kick your ass. So what he will do instead, he will take one inch backwards to maintain that mm-hmm. appropriate distance to make sure you're not going to kick the guy or something. So in that condition, here's what happens. Your attention is 100% forward 
towards the opponent. However, in that condition, the opponent's attention is 50% towards you and 50% towards controlling his backward motions, which mm -hmm. means he's only giving half of his attention to his opponent, whereas mm -hmm. you are giving all of your attention to the opponent and you have double the chance of winning that match. The same thing happens with life. If you want to, if you go all in, start taking action right now, you're, you have that forward momentum. You have no time to think back. But if you just stop, even a little bit, then doubt kicks in. Dude, are you sure about this? I mean, what if this doesn't work out? Man, look at our early progress. I mean, it's, it's, it's so terrible, man. So it's kind of like this. Remember uh, we, when we actually launched our podcast the first time, uh, our first day, we had like 16 views or something, right? 60. I don't know. It was so dismal. Yeah. So ultimately, it's like this. Imagine like that, dude, man, like what, what are we going to do with this, man? I mean, come on. So you cannot. You just got to have that forward momentum all the time. You'll have no room for doubts. And that action will allow you to take measurable results. Very true. Uh, that's actually very true. I, I agree to you. As, as you mentioned, initially, we we had like very few listeners and we were obviously i mean that's that's like looking at it in retrospective that makes a lot of sense not not a lot of people know your podcast and not a lot of people are going to sit down and listen to it the first day of, of course, course. Not. It's, you, you just you're just <laughs> out there like nowhere of course but guess yeah. what we had this action mindset buddy yeah and now things are clicking buddy i mean i'm very happy about the progress we're making so it's because we simply just kept at it that's it and yeah. this is done in any other area of life by the way in any other life, it's the exact same thing. People just, I mean, 80% of all businesses close down their business after one year for the same reason, dude. Mm -hmm. Like they make a business for one year. It's like, dude, I got no fucking money. I'm just spending all the money all the time. Well, right. idiot, it's right. because you are not focused on making a long-term plan and you want to get freaking prop. You want to become a fucking Bill Gates in like one year or something. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so same thing happens in any area of life. Again, uh, let's go for a bodybuilding. A guy comes in. He's fat as fuck, and he wants to become, I don't know, uh, Arnold in like a couple of months. Or the guy comes, he's so thin, the wind can literally blow him away with just one wind. And this guy wants to be, I don't know, some superstar in bodybuilding. Dude, it'll take time. So these guys, what do they do? Pretty simple. They start taking these freaking junkies and stuff. They, they juice themselves up with these bullshit uh, right. supplements. And then they will have some serious problems and stuff, and they cannot even continue bodybuilding anymore. So... It's the same thing. I mean, sports, it's uh, academia, foreign language. People yeah. are learning a foreign language. And after three months, they say, dude, uh, I cannot talk in your language. Of course, idiot, you have learned this language for fucking three months. You want to be fucking fluent now? So the same thing happens to everything in life. Mm -hmm. From academia to learning to education to business to fitness, anything imaginable, it takes a darn long amount of time. And people just want to get it right away. And if you are action-oriented, if you're focused on moving forward and taking action, then, of course, you will have no time for doubt, for questioning yourself, or even for stopping. You can just simply go forward, you gain momentum, you gain experience, and this uh, allows you to get better and better results along the way. Very true. And um, so a lot of people concern themselves with the eventuality of failures, which obviously is going to happen when you take actions. And a lot of, a lot of people don't take action because of... Because of that, there's a famous quote associated with Elon Musk in that regard, which he says, uh, failure is an option. It means you can actually choose to fail and not. And it doesn't mean that you actually literally choose to fail. It means that you take action and you're okay with failing. And that's just fine. 
and um, obviously there's um, there's a, so- a story associated with um, uh, Edison that he literally went th- through thousands of ways of uh, not achieving his goals and lots of people were like are you not gonna give up don't you see like a thousand way in the, in the ways and you haven't still found it maybe, maybe there is none and um, and his his point was I have not failed 1,000 times I have found 1,000 ways that do not lead to success attitude um, and perspective that's exactly. it perspective is best very true. Um, and of course, with action, when it comes to the equation, there's always this aspect of it, which is quite controversial. A lot of people don't like it, but I want to talk about it anyways. And the book, I'm going to read, uh, recite from the book at this point. Um, while, uh, while you're sleeping, traveling, attending meetings, or messing around online, you're going soft. What do you think of that? Wow. Pretty amazing, man. Like, ultimately, this whole soft thing, we are getting soft as a nation, as a world, and we got to really reconsider a lot of these things. I think we're, we have lost touch with that, you know, uh, with our history as a species, really. And mm-hmm. we're living in a world where the Internet has made everything instantly available, and we assume that everything should be like this. No, man, this is just an illusion. This is the Internet. It's not the real world. So because of this, we want to actually uh, go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. We want to avoid and prevent ourselves from ever getting soft by becoming action-oriented because that allows us to fail, to get hurt. And I really believe that it's necessary and important to get hurt. I mean, like in sports and fitness, we say uh, your muscles get bigger after you tear them down through exercise. That's exactly what happens. You literally, if you look at the body on a molecular level after exercise, you have actually uh, destroyed the fibers of your muscles. But then through eating and rest, the muscles will then rebuild themselves and become stronger and bigger. Right. The same thing happens in, in life in that – our failures, our mistakes, they hurt a lot, man. They hurt a lot, but they're actually making us better and stronger. And this allows us to avoid this whole softness. Because, again, being soft psychologically is like having a soft, uh, let's say, bicep. If rather you look at your biceps and your, uh, there's a little bit of soft skin right there or something, mm-hmm. it means you have not used your biceps in the proper way, man. But if you look at your biceps and you see a lot of muscles, then, dude, that means you are not basically easy on yourself. Your biceps aren't soft for a reason because you put pressure on them and you tear them apart. And the same thing happens with your mind and with your life. Very true. Um, and with that, we're going to, because of because we're pressed against time, we're going to, uh, although I want to really talk about it, we're going to just move on from the action part. And the last part of this book talks about the will. And I'm going to recite from the book what it means by the will. Will is our internal power, which can never be affected by the outside world. Um, Let me find the other part. And then it also says nobody is born with the steel backbone. We have to forge that ourselves. So basically, this part of the book um, talks about how having that resolve, having that mindset, having that strong um let's say it will uh, is necessary on top of the action and perception to go forward and to break through obstacles what do you think of this part of the book you know this part i remember a great story of a gentleman who was sent to jail and oh, prison yeah. without having any crime and it was a very great narrative i enjoyed it so much and he was a wealthy gentleman and as soon as he got there and they removed all this expensive clothing and accessories that he had on him he mm-hmm. said, you guys, let me tell you something right now. Uh, this is your job to be here and to, uh, to treat all of us as an inmate, as, as inmates, as prisoners. 
but I'm, just, I'm not a new fish. I am, uh, I'm not really, uh, I don't see myself as a criminal and I will not allow anyone to treat me like in, in this mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. So even in a prison, when yep. you have lost everything, you come from the height of fortune and fame to becoming an, uh, a prisoner, you can still believe and claim your will and say, this is it. I am not going to let this environment affect who I am. This is not who I am. And I don't let anybody uh, affect me in this way. So in the same token, you can actually think about your life. There will be times when you will find yourself in conditions like that gentleman where you find yourself in a prison of dismay and dissatisfaction and failure. But at that point, will you see yourself as the prisoner of your fate? Or do you instead see yourself as a man who still has options? who still has choice and who has who will use his will to take action and to achieve results. Again, uh, will is highly linked to your perspective as well. Of course, they all you know, complement one another, basically. But yep. it's the same story in that you believe that you are more than the environment. You are more than what the situation tells you you are. You're more than just the content of your wallet or what you've done so far. You see yourself as a separate entity who has power to overcome all of these obstacles, who can see himself in the right way. If no one else is seeing you that way, it doesn't matter. All that matters is how you see yourself. What is your perspective? And that story, this gentleman um, was yeah, perceived you, by anyone to be a prisoner, but he did not see himself as one. Yeah, I mean, exactly. This is, just as you mentioned, this ties back to the per- perception part of this book very much. Obviously, all of them tie to with each other very much. Uh, but yeah, th- this uh, this story actually grabbed my attention very much as well because we always are uh, thinking of ourselves as, you know, victims to our situation, to our surroundings, which is sometimes sort of true. But then the mentality should shift because feeling victim, uh, uh, victim of the, ourselves, basically feeling sorry for ourselves is not going to help us anyways. So we might as well do something about it. And this gentleman uh, actually did that. And he did not. He did. He did. He refused to be um, to be the victim here, and he found a way out of it. And I, eventually, the story goes that he, I think, after twenty years or something, he is actually um, freed because they found that he is actually innocent. So exactly. He and he didn't waste his time. He, <clears throat> sorry, he read books during that time. He built himself during the time of his imprisonment. He didn't waste his time, which is, I think, the key word here. <clears throat> because um, why not, right? <laughs> so, and then so to 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 complement that, I'm going to again recite from the book. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we don't get to choose what happens to us, but we can always choose how we feel about it. And that, again, goes back to the, that quote that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, freedom is what you do with, with, what's, uh, with, what, with, with what has been done to you is the same That's idea. Right. There are so many times that things that happen to you are not are out of your control but then exactly. you can decide what you do with those things so um, true. and of course there's another aspect of this will part that i'm, I'm going to recite from the book far too many people don't have a backup plan because they refuse to consider that something might not go exactly as they wish what do you think of that well you know in one of my uh, basically posts on instagram i mentioned design plan B before plan A. And that's really my plan. Like in everything I do in any part of my life, I'm first designing plan B. And only then I design plan A because I've I've seen this a lot throughout my career in my personal life in that it's very important. And here's the darn truth, man. Like it's fucking unbelievable. When you make a plan B, 
and you make it very well, then ironically, you rarely need to use that plan B. Mm-hmm. The plan A always works because now you have a great backbone and this allows you to pursue your goals with more ambition and zest. And this is very amazing. So I recommend everyone to do this. So by having a plan B, I do the exact same thing also in investment. You know, when it comes to, let's say, investment, right? most people, unfortunately, are very greedy and they want to make as much money with as little capital they have. So mm-hmm. in investment, we have three uh, buckets, the security bucket, the growth right. bucket, and the dream bucket. Mm-hmm. Most people in life, they when they want to, they have a little bit of money. They want to go straight to big investments, okay, risky mm-hmm. investments, because they want to double their money, they much their money, right? Yep. But I have learned this from Tony Robbins. I do the exact opposite. I always fill up my security bucket first, because I know that, dude, I'm an entrepreneur. Things could change. I could lose a lot of things, right? So with the same token, I always focus on Plan B in everything I do. In everything I do, I have a Plan B. And I have the plan B first designed, and then I move on to plan A, actually. So with the same token, if you want to have a good life where you feel in control, and we can actually achieve good results, understand that things oftentimes don't go the way you plan them to do. I mean, that's just life. Let's just be honest about it. So sometimes they do, but most often they don't, which is exactly why you need to have a plan A, a plan A only after you've designed your plan B, to know what will I do if this thing doesn't work out. And a lot of businesses that I know right now, recently one of my friends said that, dude, this guy just shut down their business after a couple of years. And I knew this would happen because this guy had no plan B. He just put all of his money in the line in this one business, which was not attracting a lot of new clients. And boom, after two years, the business is down, right? Business, right. So if instead he had a plan B by having some sort of cash you know, uh, saved aside in case things didn't work out, he perhaps could have lasted longer. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that's not what most entrepreneurs do. They just want to go all in. Here's a, I, I got this little bit of money. I want to go all in. Or they want others to go all in for them. Like they want to find angel investors and whatnot. And this, this rarely works because uh, smart investors never invest in anything risky. And they just uh, tend to have their own mindset. So it's the same thing with life. You want to focus your attention on having that plan B. First, ask yourself, what's the worst case scenario? Again, this was also mentioned in uh, the book, The 48 Laws of Power. What right. is the worst case scenario here? Let's plan for it. All right. What is the best case scenario? Now, l- now that's our plan A. So with this, usually you end up achieving something between plan A and plan B in most cases. Mm-hmm. That is you plan B for the worst case scenario. Then you make the plan A as the most ambitious thing possible. And what ends up happening, you oftentimes achieve something that is in the middle, which is oftentimes very satisfactory because your plan is usually very idealistic. And that's very what true. I... Uh, basically live for in my business, in my personal life. And I how do people actually consider this as well to design their plan Bs before their plan A. Very true. And if none of this works, again, I'm going to recite from the book. Sometimes the only answer to what if is it will suck, but it will be okay. So. Exactly. <laughs> acceptance, man. Acceptance. Very true. That's the man's job. It's really manly to accept things. I mean, like most people are not manly, unfortunately. They're like little kids. They, they're like, eh, they start crying. But if they're adults, they don't really cry. They right. they cry by being neg- negative, by being pessimistic, by, oh my gosh, we're going to die. There'll be no food on the streets, man. <laughs> so that's the same as crying, man. When an entrepreneur or a business owner is so negative that he's bringing down his employees and saying, dude, things will be fucked up. He is crying like a little baby, but he's crying it in a way 
which is complaining, being negative, being jealous, being a hater, all those things. Very true, very true. Accept uh, the situation as it is, dude. Accept it and make your best. Yeah, and life will be fine. Just just fine. Um, That's right. And, uh, well, we flew by this time very quickly. Amazing. It's just how time flies. Uh, we're going to have to come to a conclusion. Um, I really, really love this book. It has a very good pers uh, perspective on things, and I am really tempted to put it on my must read for all uh, list, which I, nice. which I have. Um, but I haven't decided that I'm gonna. But I'm gonna tell you how much I want you to read it. That I'm actually considering must read for all, literally all. Um, anyhow, just go go get this book, read it yourself, uh, get your perspective on it. Um, but I want to before we leave our audiences, I want to give you a chance to basically give your final comments on the book. Fantastic. So first of all, I agree with what you said. This is one of those must reads for everybody that I know, because every single one of us deal with obstacles and failures in life. I mean, a lot of the books that uh, you and I read, uh, Pujix, are somehow tailored towards a specific audience. Let's say entrepreneurs, right. uh, people who like self-development, but not everybody likes those kind of lifestyles. Let's be honest. True. However, we all face with obstacles. We all have some sort of difficulties and we all find ourselves in fucked up situations again and again which is why it's important to think of this book as a must-read. That's number one. And number two, understand. Think of your life. Go back to your life. You were a little kid. You said, if daddy buys me this little toy, I'll be the happiest kid in the world. Your daddy bought it for you. Or maybe your mommy did. I don't know, really. Then you said, your, dad, your parents said, if you, gotta, if you wanna get more toys, you gotta get good, good grades in school. And you said, if I just get good grades in school, man, everything will be great and life is fantastic. You got the grades, you got the gifts. Then your parents said, dude, you want more? You got to go to good college. So you said it very hard and you got into a great university. And then you said, dude, if I just get into a good university, it's all in. And then you got it. And then everything, you just, you just got the results. Of the, okay, so now what? Dude, if I just mm -hmm. get a good job, man, if I get a great good career, you got the career. If I get a good girl, man, you got the girl. If I get a good, understand this. In life, there's always another obstacle to be overcome. And no, once you overcome that obstacle, it's not the end of the world, and it's not a happy end. As soon as you solve one problem, another will arise. As soon as you think just this one thing will make your whole life better and it's all over, then another drive or desire or plan comes in. So life is a series of obstacles, plans, and difficulties that we have to overcome to go to the yet, net, yet another obstacle or, plan or difficulty or problem. So this means that we have to have that right philosophical perspective. I'm not saying that I don't agree with the uh, basically notion that life is suffering because a lot of Buddhists mm -hmm. say that life is suffering. I say that's complete bullshit. No offense to any Asians or Buddhists, but that's complete crap. Life is not all suffering. Let that, you know, uh, Asian stuff be left in Asia. Uh, I don't like the whole yoga thing. I think it's all crap and bullshit. But generally speaking, life, because suffering is a choice when you, when when buddhism say life is all about suffering that's complete crap that's a that's a perspective right i don't think of life as suffering i think of life as the gym now if you happen to go to the gym you realize in the gym there are a lot of painful moments but you can actually enjoy that gym so no life is not all suffering fuck that buddhism buddhistic bullshit 
Life is all about problems and challenges and difficulties. And guess what? Your brain is designed in a way that can actually enjoy solving these problems, enjoy facing with these obstacles. And that means that life can be all fun and excitement. But if you only have the right perspective that allows you to not see the world as all suffering, as Buddhism does, but to see the world as all challenges that are exciting, fun, and fantastic that will allow you to grow and become stronger and a bigger, awesome, cooler, badass motherfucker. That's what you want to look at your life as. And this book can give you that right perspective to see life in this way and to be able to actually enjoy conquering challenges and facing with obstacles and difficulties in life. Um. Very good, very good. And I agree with the notion that life is life and what we perceive it to be, whether it's suffering or challenges, it's up to us, uh, honestly. Exactly. So it's not it's not one thing or the other. When we put it to words, it's our perspective. Um, I, don't, I don't care one way or the other, honestly, but then I choose to think of it. As you mentioned, a lot of people think of Jim as suffering too. So I guess that, that's But that. guess what? I think you and I know. <laughs> I love it. I'm pretty sure right. you do as well. It's exactly. Good. Yeah, that's so that's the point that's because right. because um, nothing worth having comes easy, right? So exactly. you, you gotta exactly. you gotta go through something, and um, all that you said, the obstacle after the obstacle is what life is. Um, is literally what the book is. The the obstacles the way because if if all of our lives will be obstacles no matter what, might as well make it the way and and uh, uh, have fun, grow, and conquer stuff. Why not? And um, with that, we're going to come to an end to yet another episode of Let's Talk. This time, we actually talked about a book. We're going to do this more often. If you have a book that you want to recommend to us for us to read, go have at it. Leave us comments. I don't know. Contact us. Any any means you have. And um, thank you, Dan, for being here again with us. It is my pleasure, buddy. As always, love these shows. It's awesome. I We love talking to you guys. Uh, it's 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 great. It's a it's a joy. It's a pleasure. Again, if you think of it as a suffering, yes, I gotta wake up early in the morning to record this podcast. But I don't think of it as a suffering. I love it. I I enjoy this moment that I cherish with you guys, and I cannot wait for another episode. So until later, have a good one.